Welcome to Condensed Matter, condensing recent work in metaphysics and the philosophy of science down to what matters. I'm your host, Sam Kimpton Knight. The focus of this episode is Jenan Ismail's article, Causal Content and Global Laws, Grounding Modality in Experimental Practice. This is published in The Experimental Side of Modelling, edited by Isabel Peshard and Baz van Frasen, published by University of Minnesota Press in 2018. Science is largely concerned with describing what does and what can go on in the world in terms of some very general principles that we may call laws of nature. And we might think that one event causes another when there is some general law of nature which ensures or necessitates that the second event follows from the first. Laws of nature and causation are thus intimately tied up with modality, that is, with what's possible and necessary. It's not possible to violate a law of nature, and hence when one thing causes another there's some sort of necessary connection between the two. But how exactly do laws of nature, causation and modality relate? Which of these, if any, is most fundamental, and can any of these notions be dispensed with entirely? As Ismail mentions at the beginning of this paper, it used to be popular to think of science primarily in causal terms, as first and foremost investigating the individual causal tethers between events. But Bertrand Russell famously rejected this view of science and of the importance of causation. Russell was motivated, at least in part, by the fact that science had become increasingly concerned with mathematised global laws of nature. Newton's theory, for example, took the form of global dynamical laws expressed as differential equations, which could be used to compute the state of the universe at some future time, given information about its current state. And this looked very different to a description of the world in terms of local causal links between particular events. So for this reason, and others, Russell advocated the elimination of causal notions from science. Perhaps scientists and philosophers of science will disagree with Russell's eliminativist stance regarding causation. Nevertheless, it is still widely held that science should primarily aim to formulate global laws, that is, mathematical statements that take as input the state of the universe at a time, and which output the state of the universe at some future time, such as Newton's laws or the Schrodinger equation. And such global laws are typically taken to be fundamental, more fundamental that is, than causation or physical modality. In this paper, Jenan Ismail argues against this view of global laws as fundamental and as of fundamental importance to science. Instead, she defends a view according to which something akin to individual causal tethers are what is more fundamental and of the utmost importance to science. Ismail's broad claim seems to be that causal information is, or at least may be, lost if all we do is focus on global laws which tell us what future state the universe will be in as a function of its past state. This, she argues, is because one and the same global law is consistent with different realisations in terms of local causal relations. The idea is that different causal relations could conspire to yield the same temporal evolution of the universe. So, two distinct universes, call them U1 and U2, could have the same global laws, but these laws could arise because of different local causal relations that nonetheless happen to have the same global upshot. A snooker analogy may help. Perhaps Ronnie beats John at snooker twice. If we think of these two different snooker matches as two different universes and the outcome, Ronnie wins, 
as a global law that prevails at each universe, we nonetheless lose information about the causal goings-on that yield this outcome and which may be very different in each case. The specific causal details plausibly explain the global law slash outcome, Ronnie winning, and the former can be different in each case, so the global principle omits important information. In short, Ismail maintains that there are many ways of putting together causes or causal mechanisms to yield the same evolution of the universe at the global level, and what this means is that we cannot recover causal information from the global dynamics. We can, however, in principle infer the global dynamics from the specific causal interactions, so it seems that particular causal relations are more metaphysically fundamental and more epistemically valuable than global laws. What does this mean for modality, for what can and must be the case? Ismail's suggestion seems to be that there is important modal information that is omitted if all we do is focus on the global laws. It might, for example, be the case that given the initial state of the universe and the global laws that prevail, it is not really possible that I drink a beer today. Initial conditions and laws together conspire to stop me drinking a beer. Perhaps I think I choose not to drink a beer because I couldn't be bothered to leave the house to buy one, but the global laws and initial conditions say otherwise. Even if I had chosen to drink a beer, I wouldn't have been able to get one, or perhaps I just would never have made the choice to have one in the first place. Even if this is so, Ismail seems to suggest that this misses important modal information. It seems that there is an important sense in which if I had chosen to have a beer and to leave the house to get one, I could have indeed had one. And the justification for this appeals to causal powers or mechanisms within me, that are obscured if we look only at the global law, which renders the causal mechanisms local to me inextricably linked up with the rest of the universe. Furthermore, Ismail thinks that we should be far more secure and certain in our modal judgments that pertain to local mechanisms, such as whatever mechanism enables me to get a beer, than in global principles. If I don't in fact get a beer today, I can nonetheless be confident in my judgement that I could have got a beer because I was in an exactly similar position yesterday and then I did get a beer. There is a sense in which we can intervene on local matters to test our modal judgments, but since global principles are about the entire world, we cannot intervene on them and so the epistemology of their associated modality is more suspect. In short, then, instead of understanding local causal mechanisms as conveying partial information about global laws, Ismail takes local causal mechanisms to be, quote, the fundamental building blocks both of physical reality and of scientific understanding of that reality, and she regards global laws as but the emergent product of the mechanisms that underlie and propel our understanding of the world, end quote. This, Ismail suggests, renders the modality in which science is steeped more palatable to the empiricist because the empiricist can hope to intervene and test causal-slash-modal hypotheses as they pertain to local causal mechanisms. For example, I can test my hypothesis that if I were to go to the shop and purchase a beer, I would succeed by trying to take myself to the shop to get a beer. But the suggestion seems to be that the modal implications of global laws are not so amenable to empirical investigation. I think that it is quite a common assumption in discussions of the metaphysics of laws of nature that general laws explain particular causal goings-on. For example, Newton's general law of universal gravitation explains the particular causal relation between me releasing my pen and it falling to the ground. 
An interesting feature of Ismail's proposal is that it would seem to reverse this standard order of explanation. Ismail suggests that particular causal goings-on are explanatorily prior, both metaphysically and epistemically, to general global principles, whatever they may be. I think there is something to this. I feel quite uncomfortable with the conception of laws as general governors of what goes on in the world. A more plausible metaphysical picture would seem to be one according to which laws emerge out of local causal interactions. On this much I agree with Ismail. However, I would be less inclined to downgrade the epistemic importance of these global laws. After all, these general principles seem to be of particular interest to scientists because they very efficiently convey the outcomes of complex causal interactions and in an important sense they do seem to articulate the limits of what's possible. This relates to a further concern I have or perhaps something I was just left feeling unclear about. So it's unclear to me why beliefs about the modality associated with local causal goings-on are on any firmer empirical ground than beliefs about the modality associated with global laws. To infer from the fact that in the past when I wanted a beer, I got one to the truth of if I wanted a beer now, I would get one, requires me to go beyond what is strictly observed, just as inferring global principles from local observations does. In fact, to claim that we can have modal knowledge from local observations of some causal phenomena seems to rely on a premise to the effect that the observed local phenomena will hold in other circumstances. In other words, that some global principle holds. And it's this global principle then that seemingly sets the boundaries of what is possible and knowledge of which yields my modal knowledge. I suppose then I just struggle to see a route to modal knowledge that bypasses or is independent of knowledge of global laws altogether. Thanks for listening to Condensed Matter. Please rate and review the show on your favourite app so that more people can find it. There's also a link to the show's Patreon page in the episode notes. Your support will help towards the costs associated with hosting and production and will lead to improvements in your future listening experience. Patrons of the show will also get the chance to suggest articles and guests for future episodes. Thank you.